The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, what a night. Hello and welcome to Oh, What a Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network, talking all things Tottenham Hotspur. Joining myself, Sean Walsh, as he does every week, Jude Summerfield. Hello, mate. Hello, you um, alright? Yeah, I'm alright. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, just still shell shocked after the weekend, but mm. cracking on. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, good. We're dressed for two very different seasons today, I feel. Yeah, I'm very much of that weird sort of um, Australasia kind of <laughs> refusing to accept the summer's over mm. sort of vibe. You, you know? did come in with sunglasses this morning, it wasn't particularly sunny. Mate, that's just a vibe. That's different. That's just me trying to project some sort of uh, level of cool. I bring a kind of summer vibe to the function that the autumn man doesn't really appreciate. <laughs> it's very out of time and it out is, of fashion. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've gone with, probably I've, got my ideas. I've gone with lots of brown colours today. Yeah, man, is beige. He's got, his, uh, he's got his rings ready to go. Do you like my new ring? I like this new ring. Is that a new I wasn't, ring? It's a new ring. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that's quite nice. I must show people my new ring. Yeah. Yeah. Looking, looking fly, mm. my man. It's not an NBA ring, is it? It's not an NBA ring. No, I've never won an NBA title. Never say never. Well, as we you know, one day it you could, know. it could happen. You know, I'm still out there. Yeah, I'm still shooting some hoops. You still get. You know. Up. Yeah, you know, man. Yeah, I'm, a lo- I'm a lot. I'm a lot like um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Along Came Polly. You know. <laughs> Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. <laughs> That's all time. Huh? Yeah. Oh, I can't, can't get sidetracked. Can't get sidetracked. Yeah, we've got some talk, um, football to talk about this week. Been, yeah, so much football, so much football. Um, but I feel like we should probably just start off by getting your thoughts mm. on what was a crazy, you know, game between Spurs and Sheffield. Yeah, United, as the man at the ground. Yeah, what you you were not at the ground. You were I was wa- not at the ground. You were watching Man United Brighton for work purposes. Yeah, which is still fun. And getting updates vicariously through me. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't giving you anything though. No, you just weren't, you weren't want to put that thing in as like 1-0 Hamer you're like ah, oh, god yeah I was sort of like well that makes sense the longer it went on I was sort of figuring like yeah. actually this makes a lot more sense than you know Spurs just batting yeah. Sheffield United they're actually getting asked a few questions and um, we don't have that sort of physical guy out front so it was it was pretty intriguing throughout the whole the whole game but yeah I mean as a Spurs fan from Brighton it was very much the best of both worlds I have mm, to say great weekend for you uh, great Saturday yeah Saturday 3pm it was it was just hilarious mm. yeah obviously like the news of Spurs going 1-0 down was a bit sort of it's one of the you know, you know that that feeling of dread when you're not watching a game live and you're kind of like scro- like refreshing Twitter mm. and you get the first update and it's from like a verified journal or something and it's like goal for the other team and it's the score and you're just like yeah, it sort of felt like one of those, and when that first goal went in, wasn't sure if they were gonna be able to pull it around, just because um, I don't know, there wasn't. Well, it turns out there was about an hour left in the game. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so this is so you wouldn't have understood that watching. I think this is something I've tried to explain to um, fans of other clubs in the days that have followed because they haven't watched this game. The amount of time that was wasted. Um, by Sheffield United throughout was insane and I could not believe 
There were only three added minutes in the first half. That is, especially with the new rules, but even with like the old rules, three minutes, three added minutes was nothing. Like West Fodring, their goalie was down for at least four or five. Yeah, he, he picked up a few injuries, didn't mm, he? Mm. <laughs> full, full respect. I, I always say this: like if Sheffield United, that they're probably going down this year. They had to do what they had to do, and I think for 97, 98 minutes, they did a pretty good job. Can't, I can't really fault them for that. You know, they came, they did a job, they got the goal with the one half chance they were afforded. That's what they had to do. That they was did, the game they game. actually, I thought they defended quite well. I thought that the chances that Spurs made weren't clear chances. I thought there was a lot of half chances. I think if you were to watch it, it would remind you a little bit of Graham Potter's Brighton, where they'd rack up two xG or something, but it would be like all these little. Oh, if it was more cleanly hit, or if it was an inch or so the other way, then. Mm. But not as if it wasn't as if we were running through on goal loads of times, and it's like, wow, how did he miss that? Like, I don't think there was a single sitter in this game. I feel. No, there weren't too many. I think um, there was there was one early on where um, I thought Basuma when he went. To <laughs> yeah, it's probably as close as yeah. He had mm. everything except for the finish. Really, it was just very, it was very, very central. Fodringham made a lot of saves where. You know, he had a good game, but it was all... It if you was, let it in, I'm judging him. Yeah, it, it was all, like, where ideally he'd like to have, to have saved it. I think there was one mm. when the game was still just about goalless, when Solomon, like, fired yeah. over in the second yeah. half. I think that mm. was, like, probably one of the bigger, bigger chances the Spurs had. Mm. But, yeah, you're totally correct, actually, because um, there, there really weren't too many, like, through-on goal. He's got to finish any of those sort of opportunities, really. It was... Um, I feel like there are there are plenty of pot shots, especially as yeah. Spurs start to get a bit more frustrated um, with with not getting that first goal as, as the game dragged out. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, we, we've we, we've just got the stats up here, and what is good is that you've got um, shots coming from all different corners of the pitch. Mm. So at least it means that you know something is going right from that perspective, and they're getting you know people into positions to score. Yeah, they don't really have that well-rounded pure finisher obviously anymore it's so, not, not a focal point yeah. it's not it's, it's spreading the love a little you know yeah which I think is which should in, you know it should it should work to Tottenham's favour really because it does it makes it, it means they're not um, predictable you know and how so far yeah it has. you look at the, I was thinking about it the other day I haven't actually looked but I imagine if you looked at the goal tallies from all the players last year like the drop off after Kane and then Son again um Compared to this season, you know, Kulusevski's already matched his Premier League total from last year. Richarlison's already matched his total, Premier League total from Could last year. Could only get like two last year. Yeah, that's yeah, that is crazy. That is ridiculous. Because I, I do think that obviously the players are partly to blame. You know, they're the ones who got on the pitch. But I think it was just such a clear, obvious sign of failed coaching when those guys who were clearly talented and have showed that they're talented throughout their careers just weren't scoring and weren't even getting into good positions. I think Kulusevski. I think the stat was he only had one big chance all year. It was like. Something's gone very wrong for that to have been the case. It's totally wrong. Yeah, There's, there was no <laughs> there strange channel, is there? Yeah, there weren't many patterns to uh, Tottenham's tacking a play. Uh, tacking a play. <laughs> Sorry, I went all Italian for a second there um, last season because it was very much ah, we don't need to go over how they played. They went side to side and just gave the ball to Kane whenever they needed um, some sort of moment of inspiration. Yeah. Um, but now you've actually when you have players everyone charging into the box making selfless runs then space magically appears mm. for all other players and that means that um, people like Kulisevsky can get into those areas actually get shots off mm. and he had seven shots I don't, I don't recall weekend. that I don't, don't recall that maybe some of them were like oh. more like the, the crosses that turn into shots maybe I don't remember him world. being that I think that's a good sign though I think because he is someone who was a little bit shot shy last yeah. year and you know what? When when he took the one that he uh, did eventually at the very very end, um, I, I thought it almost seemed like a bit out of tiredness, but because he thought he might take it onto his left, but like, yeah, he yeah, sort of smacked it. Um, but I'm glad that he just went for it because mm. scored, and that's what they need to do. They just they, they got into the position really really quickly, really well worked move. Um, Richie doing his thing, mm. um, not thinking about it too much, which is mm. which is awesome. He just laid into his path. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have that that goal threat. Well, Two goals last season. So that's, yeah, that's I know crazy. that's what I mean. It's, that's, Especially it's when you consider when he came in in like January the yeah. previous year, and he was so you he was just straight away so on it. it he wasn't like he, I don't think he got like loads of goals in that second half. Got a lot of assists. He got a lot of assists, and he scored like some crucial goals 
quite mm. early on. And he, and he wasn't, wasn't like was scared to take shots. Mm. But then he suddenly just just dried up a bit. Like he wasn't. There's a thing that I think wingers do where they kind of they quickly shift in and shoot at the near post. And he wasn't doing that at all. I think he started to do that a little bit more. Though they hasn't they hasn't scored in that way, but something that's kind of happened. He kind of happened here with his right foot. And I really wasn't expecting it. It was. The way he hit it was almost from where I was in the press seats, behind, like you're right behind it. And it was it reminded me a bit of when a golfer kind of like gets a, the ball out of like the the sand. It was like just a kind of this nice little, just like little, just kind of floats in the air. Mm-hmm. Cause it wasn't like, he didn't power in. It wasn't like, no. it was very well precisely hit, but it wasn't like curling either. It was just kind of like, it just floated on a nice little trajectory. You know? Yeah, I think like the, the weird sort of amount of bodies between through the legs yeah through the legs mm. it, you know as soon as he got the ball got the ball through that little area um, Fodderingham was sort of unsighted wasn't mm. he so he was never going to get there anyway but um, uh, I think I feel like we should maybe talk about just the, the general just vibe that that, mm. that that result would have brought now because I think it, 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 it does seem quite important that they have that sort of grandstand moment quite early on in the yeah. season might have made this point before. I feel like <laughs> but we haven't scored a, a hundred what hundred ninety ninth minute winner before, um, and it seemed really fucking loud <laughs> on the re- on the, on the highlight. Well, yeah, it's like I was going through like every video I could, like every different highlight package, like whether that was the Sky highlights, the Spurs TV highlights, the Match of the Day highlights, the foreign highlights, stuff on Reddit. I really what I wanted Spurs to do was just kind of release an uncut like five minute video of the comeback mm. like just no commentary no offense to Rob Daly I love him so much but just the the noise just building and that would have been perfect because it, it was like I was saying I was describing to you earlier and as I wrote in a piece after it did feel like when that goal goes in every single parcel of air was just exploding and colliding into one another and you know, the limbs in the south stand I've got a perfect view of it mm-hmm. just everyone just climbing over each other falling over each other people running down the gangways and the thing that I noticed on Twitter the other day was when I look, think back to the match and I took the pictures of the crowd at the match no one was leaving early this was a hundred minutes of frustration and no one was leaving early and as I pointed out, someone pointed out on another podcast this week, I can't remember what it was now, I've listened to so many. Like, but I've, been consuming all, well, I've been consuming all the content this week, it all blurs into each other, you know. <laughs> so, um, But someone made the point, when Richardson scored, he didn't do the usual thing of taking his shirt off or doing his celebration or going into the crowd. And with a 97th, 98th minute equaliser, he could have easily done that, he would have been within his rights to. But he didn't, he just, back to the centre circle, let's get another. Yeah. And I think that's something, that's a, an underrated thing that, and Postacoglu is instilled in the squad. You know, keep, like, that's what he said at Celtic, we never stop. He's even moaning at James Madison a little bit for going down with a cramp. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the bit where he started... <laughs> yeah, he's shithousing uh, um, Jack Robinson, yeah. Like, oh, I've done me, I've done it's like, oh no, I've got cramp, would you believe it? And it's like, get up. Let's <laughs> beat them all ourselves. Yeah, I think that's a fab um, little moment for Richie. Mm. And for the whole team, really. I mean, like, we've seen... Um, if, you, if, you, if you go through... We all, we follow their players on um, social media and all that. And they they sort of give it the you know the team atmosphere and mm. you know there's been a big um, I don't know not yeah a big a big drive so to speak on, on like talking about the team's morale and sort of stuff like that. But it's nice to have a performance where you actually see it like a proper you know not not saying surrender. Mm. They're not giving up till the very very end, and it's a good crowning moment for somebody else. Um, you know, to score that winner and it, you know, maybe not be Kane. Yeah, yeah. There's other people that they have to run to instead. Well, no one knew what to do, really. (laughs) It was so strange. You look back at the highlights and you, like, for some reason, Kulisevsky, like, drifts out of the picture at some point. It's sort of like, where is he going? He should be going... He should, he should he should have a shirt off right now you know yeah. he should, I, should, I want to see that <laughs> I want to see that um, everyone's running everywhere Vicario's coming all the way up the pitch that was the subs yeah. are off the bench you know the coaches are on the pitch stuff like that yeah it's got the ball that's great and it's like, I think that was probably the best case scenario for a game like this because if Spurs have won 5-6-0 I think that the Burnley game proved that we can do that to teams mm-hmm. that that capability is there but I think coming back in the way that that we did the latest comeback in Prem history beating our own record from the Leicester 
game a couple of seasons ago. I think that was just really special. It's like the I feel like the stadium needed more unifying moments like that because I think the two games so far this season, so the United game, atmosphere was unbelievable from start to finish. It really did feel like a new era. And you look at like all the pictures of the United game, like there's this weird like hue in like like because it was so hot that day. It's almost like it was just like this kind of wondrous day. This summer's day is almost like a festival almost. And then so this felt like the first normal prem game home prem game of the season. And then this happens, and then um, I think my I met my dad for some drinks after, and he was like oh, yeah. he he was there. I, I didn't know he was going to like a day before or something, but he went there. You know, he got a ticket on the exchange, and he was just saying like I met him after, and he was just like buzzing off it. He was just like I've never yeah. experienced an atmosphere like that. And I think it was true. I think it was like because like, all the post match stuff, everyone stayed for all the post match stuff, all the songs. Like free from desire, um, they stuck on "Angels" by Robbie Williams, and everyone was singing <laughs> "I Love Big Angels" instead. Like all of that, everyone—it was just like it's completely different now to yeah. the way that is what that stadium, that is the potential being realised. That this can be this really happy place. You see all the videos on the concourses as well at full time. Like, oh, mm, yeah. So that's become a real thing, and I think if this is going to finally feel like home, and I always said that it will once Spurs start playing well again, then. This is what it's going to be like. Teams aren't going to want to come here. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think the point you made about um, well, just like supporters actually having that trust in the team to actually stay until that. Late, yes, you know? yeah, I think big that thing. Really, really shows how how far the uh, the the atmosphere and the community in that in that squad has come in such a short place of time. You know, um, and and that's a that's a hugely positive thing because it means they they will be more likely to to get those goals and in the late moments when they need them because they've got fans who are sort of committed and buying into what the squad is doing what the what mm. the manager is doing rather than having to sort of eat shit every week you know <laughs> oh it's lovely when you go to the stadium and you're not served up with a shit sandwich you, you know? know it's class <laughs> isn't it <laughs> no it's brilliant no, no it's uh, but it, I think that even even if Spurs were to have lost that game I think a lot of people would have come away from it thinking that's so annoying but the you couldn't fault the desire, you couldn't fault the effort. Maybe the application a little because we didn't, like I said, we didn't make the, the clear cut chance. But we it was so hard to break Sheffield United down. Like I said, they're going to probably go, get relegated. But that was a really, really good defensive performance. I thought by them, I thought that they should get credit for that. And I feel like that was taken away from Spurs. Yeah. Uh, so I do. But like it, that Ahmed Hosic. I think he's a good player. I thought he was good, and then so I didn't. So for the goals, I didn't see both of them fully clearly so I didn't even see the Richarlison goal because I was like busy in my player ratings and post-match piece and I looked back up and the ball's in the net and because I think it was, was it, like, the third corner in a row so mm. I was like oh, we're not scoring from a set piece I'm, I'm looking down I look back up and it's and Richarlison's the one wheeling away on the on the replay on the little TV and I, my first thought was how is this going to be ruled out you can't be offside from a corner but I'm wondering is it, has it hit his hand or something is this why he's not celebrating he knows it's going to be ruled out or something like that I was Obviously. probably like two minutes behind you as well, and I'm also thinking like... You're just like, no, wait, nah, sure, wait. Don't say this yet, wait. Like, unless you're convinced. Wait. <laughs> you probably knew it was a goal and it happened yeah. at that time, but I'm still looking at yeah. it being like, I've got United, bro. And then, yeah, and then for the second goal, Perisic goes to close down Fodringham, who I want to talk about in a sec, actually, before I forget the point, because it's a funny story. Um, so I look back down again, thinking that the Perisic pressure charge is gone. I didn't see... But Doggy winning it back, I didn't see Hoiberg and Perisic cycling it through. That's a really good move. Keeping your heads like that in the hundredth minute, like Hoiberg was like the forward pass. I was like, ah, he's not asked to pass sideways all the time. Yeah, ah, he's actually yeah making a positive genius. Yeah, and he, he drives into the box. He makes a little space, a little bit of space for other people. Like um, all of those subs had an impact. The attacking subs had an impact. I like I think it's they're, they're good players mm. to to bring on even even that late. I mean Hoiberg was ninety fourth minute. Mm. I mean, Came on and an impact, yeah. He comes on and he's a, he's someone you can get running into the box. You know, you can score goals. Like I think we have a go at him for like for his passing being pretty mm. shocking. At that that time. pass right there in the hundredth minute. He made the right pass. The composure. Yeah, he's just not. Re- yeah, he's only not starting because he's really got the legs at the moment. And I think Basuma's a better fit. And Basuma's such a better. But fit. it's an option. Like we need him around. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so he's, yeah. he's definitely decent for now. And, um, um, like Richarlison when he got the ball, I was pretty good. I thought he would just get his head down and shoot, but he had the the presence of mind and the link up mm. awareness mm. to to find Kulusevski. Um, yeah, fabulous move, mm. and, and hopefully, 
you know, much, much more to, to see. And the goal shared around again. Like, again. Sonny's still the top scorer, I suppose, but he wasn't. He wasn't. Too Even, all of his goals came in one game. All his game, yeah. That's what I mean. Like all yeah. the all the so games, streaky. like the, the different goals. <laughs> his streaks can be one game long. At He's time. done it again. <laughs> Can't keep getting away with this. Yeah. Um, but I was going to make a point about Fodringham. Do you know who he is? He's the Sheffield United goalkeeper. If I say the term League One Wes, do you understand <laughs> what I mean? Not a proper football do man. So do you not remember it? It was a great meme back in the day. Great so he meme. used to so he used to play for Swindon when Paolo Di Canio was the manager. Oh, and Di Canio subbed him off in a game before, you know, proper Mikel Arteta crazy style. Okay. Well, what a maverick. Um, <laughs> what a maverick, yeah. Um, and he came out in his post-match press to Di Canio and he basically was saying like, we're not talking about the Champions League, the Premier League here. We're talking about standards for League One. And he's like, in League One? League One Wes? Are we crazy? <laughs> and it was just like, the, he had the, so he had this nickname of League One Wes. And then I saw him on the team show. I was like, oh, you're kidding. League One Wes is going to have a stormer against Spurs. That's going to be the story. And it really was the story. It would have been the story. Would if they had won, it would have been like, League One Wes was the time waste when he made all these saves. Yeah, made a fair few saves, didn't he? He did, he did well. He did, have, but yeah, he had a good, he had a good game. He's not League One. Premier, Premier, League, Premier, League, Premier, Premier League Wes. Premier League, Premier League Wes. Wes, good for him. Yeah, good, decent effort from the lad. But um, I'm, I'm glad he got his comeuppance in the end, quite frankly. How many injuries can you sustain in a thirty minute period? I mean, bloody hell. And he didn't even get sent off as well. Did, what, did you see did you see Paul Heckingbottom's comments about that? Whose comments are? Paul Heckingbottom, the Saturday Night Manager. Uh, yeah, I saw it, some ranting. Yeah, he, so he basically was saying like uh, the ref was telling him how to play because I think the essence was play uh, play the ball and play uh, and actually do play it. Play it long. Or I'm gonna book you again for time wasting. And I think he should have done it. This was the perfect opportunity to do it because he got the daft yellow card for the handball when he realised, oh no, I can't actually punch the ball back into my box as a way of picking it up again. <laughs> and so that was just this, that's like an orange card really. Yeah. And this was the perfect opportunity for a ref to actually kind of grab the game by the horns and just be like, I've had enough of this, you're gone. Because if someone is going to get sent off for time wasting this season, Knowing how much they moan about the refs, it'll probably be Arsenal. And that'll be really funny and I'll laugh. But someone's got to get some offer eventually. They're really determined to clamp it down. Mm. But it just it was, it's so, it's funny that this is just kind of like a footnote in this game. Because the game was as long as it was because Sheffield United made it that long. And Angela Gridline last night, we'll come on to the, for, to the fan forum thing. But he did say last night, you know, if teams want to extend this game to 100 minutes, that's fine because we're going to be fitter than you, we're going to be better than you, so... Before you score. Oh, and quotes, bloody hell. You've only, that's just you referencing them and I, <laughs> I need to find them already. Do you want to move on? Uh, Should we make a segue? <laughs> I mean, that, those, what, do, you want, do you want to finish up on the Australian again? I don't know. Those, those hecking bottom quotes, I don't have got much to say about it, but it was it was pretty hilarious. I mean, it, it, to me, it seemed like a, a dude had just seen, seen his team lose 2-1 late on. No refereeing mistakes there. Like, his team actually benefited from the poor officiating. So, um, it seemed a bit of... I don't know, maybe take the pressure off my team conceding two mm. goals in injury time to lose. Um, I think he's made himself look a little... Uh, a fool. A fool, yeah. A, f a silly little fool. But until until they beat us at Bramall Lane in the FA Cup... Well, I was going to say, I was worried about Sheffield United becoming Spurs' bogey team because... Uh, the last game that they played with fans was Pochettino's last game in charge of Spurs. Oh yeah, of course. And then, uh, well, huh? obviously last season the FA Cup nonsense yeah I think and someone else did make this other point on another podcast but it was like oh we don't know how Spurs would have done against Shelby United under Conte but we probably would have been as good as like we did know we got lost to them <laughs> <laughs> when they were in a lower division <laughs> yeah I know and they didn't even care about winning that game either no, they, irritate, they irritated everyone Billy Sharp but, side now available <laughs> Galaxy now Galaxy three. yeah okay should we move on to the forum then mm. So the the headline coming out of the forum was Daniel Levy revealing that there was a buyback clause in Harry Kane's Bayern Munich contract. Now, I was talking earlier on the Talking Transfers podcast with our transfer correspondent Graham Bailey. He says that this is very much a clause that kind of changes from season to season, which, you know, I think modern day contracts, they're very complex. I think there was a there was an article recently. I think Ben, no, sorry, a podcast. Ben Foster on his podcast was talking about um, Danny Rose's conversations about 
his Spurs contracts and how it was written into the players' contracts that they'd get certain bonuses if they beat um, a big six team by a certain amount or whatever. And that a lot of time, it was, it was like these super incentivized but super complex contracts. So it, yeah. wouldn't, it does not surprise me that Spurs have a buyback, but I, I think that it is pointless because it, it's only worth something if Kane is worth more than that certain value. And I, I imagine that the value is similar to what Bayern Munich paid and also if he wants to come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, will, it will be dependent on, on him in the future, won't it? And Spurs will have to be competing at a certain level if they want to re-sign him at mm. some point. I mean, him coming back to the it, yeah, it, it, it's a good. I think I think it is a good idea to have it in there, just because you know if he goes and breaks the PL scoring record with another club, I might hurl all over the place, <laughs> um, and nobody really wants to see that. Um, but it's it, in terms of actually like making making a good deal from it. I feel like they they probably had to put some some sort of clause in there yeah. just to you know maybe keep that. You know, hope alive that he will come back. It's a bit of insurance, basically. Yeah, essentially, I think. Um, but I, 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 this this forum thing, I, I'm seeing some some quotes being thrown around on Twitter, and not everything you read online. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> no, which is a bit, uh, you know, certain journalists looking for some likes. Or yeah, big name journalist who remain unnamed did <laughs> basically just put together what was actually said at the forum because Levy didn't comment on it much. He was kind of pushed for an answer. And he was quite reluctant to give it, but he did say, like, of course, there's a buyback. But then that was basically the end of it. But someone did combine it with some of the quotes that he said about Kane leaving when he did leave. So it's not. It wasn't like some big impassioned thing at the forum. So that's, that's the first order of business. First order of business. But yeah, it sounded like a like a good time last night. I'm quite. It's obviously very beneficial to the club that the last two forums have come when Spurs have been really good. Yeah. I don't think this happens during the Mourinho Conte eras. You don't think Antonio wants to mm, sit in a room with not particularly. fans and talk about you know the future and how his football is actually Can, not. No. no, you know, you can imagine. So one of the things Levy did say last night was he likes having a manager who like won't say one thing to him and one thing to another person. And I wonder who's talking about. <laughs> Nuno. Mm. What a, that yeah, Nuno guy, you know, what a tra- what a traitor! <laughs> what a traitor! I can't believe how much he backstabbed the club. <laughs> you know. In all of those what five mm. games, who knows? I can't. I can't. Even yeah, the previous one was, was Poch, wasn't it? Mm. It's quite a long time to have between fan forums, isn't it? I, that made me think that it was just like a one-off event that wouldn't happened. Yeah. But they bring it back now, it's like, oh, okay. Well, was this they, a regular thing then? Well, they well they better make sure they are a bit more regular mm. if they want to uh, continue winning back some, some fans who are perhaps a little perturbed yeah. after the last few years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always a... You never know what sort of questions are going to be asked on those days, unfortunately, for you, so... It's tricky to... Well, they do. They have to submit them. Oh, do they? Really? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, then you know exactly what questions you're going to get on this. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Because they submit them. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I think so. The, some of the other things... Uh, there was one line where Levy did say about having our Tottenham back. And that kind of annoyed me a little. Because 
you know, so Ange Postecoglou made a big point of saying um, success won't be defined by me, it'll be defined by the supporters. I don't think, in a, in a similar kind of sentiment, I don't think Levy is the one to define whether Spurs have their, like the fans have their club back or not. Because mm. he is the chairman and he is kind of in charge and it kind of all falls on him. But, but to his credit, he, he's like admitted like, um, the mistakes of bringing in other kinds of managers. So I understand that he's made, he's realised the error of his ways. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, it's it's an odd one. A, a chairman saying we've got our team back. Mm. It's it's very it is it's very early oh, days. Oh no, you don't. It's still very early days. It's still September. Yeah, uh, we you know not everyone forgets um, the last two years and you know how that sort of played into the club's best ever player mm. leaving. For fans know, are still protesting. Yeah, and fans are still not totally happy. So. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a fair bit more involvement before we can start um, getting the champagne out or the party poppers. Mm. Probably just coming a little bit. Maybe putting a little bit of pressure on Ange there as well. Just I, don't, I know things have gone about as well as they could have started. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think you're right. Leave that to the fans and then see yeah see what success actually looks like over over a season because I, I don't think people really know what um, success is going to look like this year because it looks like they've got a really good chance of finishing quite high up there, mm. are, there are teams early early days obviously but Manchester United not on, on on form Chelsea don't look a threat whatsoever it's I think like Newcastle as well I thought they would be a lot better than they have been but mm. they've been pretty ropey like there's it looks like there's there's a chance that they made I can't I, I can't remember what year was their best ever start but it was ages ago yeah it was a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> we'll get nice and specific it was ages ago <laughs> um, which is you know as, as good a start as you can really hope for um, four wins and a draw so things are looking good looking alright yeah we'll just have to see there's also a video last night of from Spurs LGBT singing I, I'm loving Big Angel instead and then I just appears from, from behind going Hello, mate. <laughs> it's really, that's really, that's really sent me like every time that I've rewatched it. Just hello, mate. Just hello, mate. Fancy <laughs> <laughs> seeing you here. <laughs> uh, I bet you've got a terrible Grealish impression. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, no, no way. Trying to do a Brummie accent. <laughs> this comes out all Tommy Shelby. I'm a fucking jester, mate. <laughs> a jester. A jester. Yeah. All right. What else was at the fan forum? Lost stuff like tickets, which is good because I think that's a pressing issue. Yeah, yeah, tickets you've got to, um, they can't keep hiking them up every year if there's, you know, well, they, they shouldn't be hiking them up anyway, really. So mm. We're in a bit of a cost of living crisis and, you know, try and make it as cheap as possible for fans to go and watch football. Mm. Seems pretty easy. Um, Made the comments about the trophy managers. The strategy was let's bring in a trophy manager. We did it twice and look, you have to learn from your mistakes. They're great managers, but maybe not for this club. I'm glad he's realised that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you do wonder if, if if going, you know, twice on the trot was was the right move. I suppose Nuno, Nuno was, did break up, but the, I, they did try and get Conte in before that anyway. So yeah, yeah. So they sort of uh, forgot there. Forgot but I do, I understand the Conte appointment more than Mourinho one because I think every, I think a lot of people knew that. Mourinho was a busted flush by the time that he got to Spurs after the weapon at United. Whereas with Conte, he'd just come off the back of winning the league with Inter. And the, the only reason left was kind of the financial reasons and they were selling his best players and he was just kind of like, I'm, this isn't what we agreed on, I'm out. Which obviously happens at every club he goes to. But yeah. um, but there was more logic to that. And I thought that, you know, he came in his first season and he elevated a lot of the players before, you know, relegating yeah. them again a little bit. Yeah, totally. but, yeah, but the... the 21-22 season was a success and there was, yeah. re there was reason to believe that 22-23 would be good as well so everyone had Spurs near the top of their table yeah whereas for sure. whereas I think people who not try not to be um, pretentious here but people who actually watched football and knew the game knew that Mourinho wasn't going to work mm. like I just didn't ever believe in that yeah I tried to make myself believe it but it was a it was, it was a tough sell 
didn't want the, wasn't a fan of those George Mendes deals you know all the those George great players deals, yeah. Jetson Fernandez some, always some ropey agent that Spurs have to get involved mm. <laughs> which is great um, but what can you do um, yeah and I think Son had a great line about he talked about the how how you notice that the atmosphere has changed, and his reply was the doping guys came in today and they noticed it. And the, the way it was worded it was made me think like, are we the ones doping? <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, fair enough. There's got to be something behind the good start, you know. But yeah, but it sounded like, yeah, sounded like quite. I was, I was going to say a fruitful night, but like I said, like I said the questions were pre-prepared. Yeah, so. you always yeah, it's, it's tricky to know how much blood you can get out. Of it, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Spurs have released the full video now, and I am going to watch it at some point of the full forum. But it did. I think talking around to people, it did like people did feel there should be some media there. There should be like a live stream of it or something like that. So that, yeah. it was getting, it's getting misquoted quite a bit. Yeah, and that's on, not on the old Twitter, anyone, exactly. Yeah, so it's like it just needed a little bit of accountability. Yeah, yeah. But, don't need that to be helped by yeah. closed doors, surely. Mm. Why, why? Yeah. Why would you need that? You know, have all the pre-prepared questions you want. Mm. You know, make sure everyone can see it. Surely. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. Know. Should we move on? Yeah. So there's sad a bit news. sad, sad injury news today. We were, we were just having our weekly Nando's lunch. Get the phone up. Um, Ivan Perisic is. Got a complex ACO injury. Complex? What are the complexities around the injury? I don't know, his leg might have fallen off or something. Uh, it's quite, it's quite, it's not very ideal, you know. No, that's 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 not ideal for a professional footballer. No. So. I, I, it's genuinely really sad because he it's has awful, yeah. been a useful player this season and it feels like right now all of Spurs' attackers have different kind of strengths and different kind of abilities and Perisic's was... He's so good at crossing with either foot and from set pieces, and he got the assist for Richarlison. Yeah, and now and now and now that's gone, he was actually kind of playing his way into some form. And I don't expect to see him in a Spurs shirt again. I think there's a season ender. His contract's up at the end of the year. I can't imagine Spurs are scrambling to give him a new deal unless it's on a kind of like a monthly one to just give him the facilities to continue his recovery. Yeah, doesn't fit. Doesn't really fit with the timeline anyway. Like I think if a club offered. 2.5 2.5 mil over the summer the Spurs were, in, were like yeah good let's get the wages off the books so I can't it's very, it's really very sad but I can't imagine Perisic playing for Spurs again yeah it would it would at his, at his age anyway um, he's, I don't he's never really been a particularly injury prone player I don't think he's quite um, very durable like everyone says that he's very kind of he's a big fitness freak you know he's always posting stuff on the gym on Instagram and stuff yeah it's just what is he 30, 30, 34 34 it's quite for, it's big, uh, big. like the complex part is like didn't need to add it but thank yeah. you for informing us I guess yeah that sort of adds um, non-contact training as well so so he's just completely cooled up yeah sad man yeah he was one of those players that was um, was definitely carving out more of a niche for himself mm. Mm. Um, rather than you know he's still got what eight assists last year yeah it's it like yeah, people <laughs> think he had a bad season but he was like so productive at the same time so. yeah it was an odd little balancing act he was doing for sure um, but yeah it's sad it looked like he was really um, he, as you say that genuine two footed threat from out wide good for set pieces set up the Richie mm-hmm. goal um, that's a, it's, he's a good sort of profile of player to have even if you know last season people were getting pissed off because He's, he's, he's gone far at World Cups, he's played in Champions League, he's about as an experienced pro at the mm, top level mm. in Europe as you can really find. So it is, it is a bit of a shame. He wasn't being shoehorned into a position like maybe mm, he was mm. last season, like we all sort of thought he, he, he had been converted into a wing back and maybe it, it wasn't. Cause I think he could do it in the Premier League because he didn't have the pace. Especially, yeah. he actually started quite well I thought and then as the season went on, you, his age really started showing. He played pretty much every minute for Croatia oh, as yeah. well, which is like a, obviously really hard. In a compact season like that, like a, an older player is mm. going to feel it playing wing back every yeah. every week. I mean, yeah, try and get through that feeling, feeling fresh every week. Um, I mean, he's a player I've loved for quite a long time, just because he pop up on international tournaments and score well. Mm. Just so. player you kind of appreciate like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, really, really sad times. That yeah. hopefully he, you know he can go and play some sort of level after. 
because he's after he probably leaves Spurs. Yeah, he was he was linked quite heavily by Italian media with a return to uh, High Duke Split, so that feels like probably what happened. Good bit of recovery back in Croatia. Uh, I guess silver lining. Um, He's played five Premier League games, so Spurs win the league, he gets a medal. Ooh, yeah. So you know, I think we should. Do it, we should do it, I think Spurs should do it for Ivan Perisic now. Yeah, you know, do it for him. You know, we he's got the he's met the threshold. Let's go win him a bloody Premier League. <laughs> There's motivation to win him mm. a Prem before there was to win like Kane. <laughs> Side before self, you know. <laughs> yeah, but now so that kind of that takes another wing option out of Spurs. So now it feels like. Left wing options down to Son, Solomon, Brennan Johnson. I imagine will play there at some point. Yeah, Richardson can still play there. But I guess I guess it's all right in a game in a season like this. I think that's fine actually. Though I guess it, it, Brian Hill's still got to come back. Brian Hill, yeah, I'd say Brian Hill. But maybe it places the emphasis on bringing in another a younger, another more dynamic winger as well. I think yeah, the Johnson Johnson deal looks good now. To be fair, he he did impress me when he came on. He's just so much quicker than everyone else. Yeah, I mean the, his disallowed goal, the, the very well taken, was yeah really nicely taken. Little bring down, he delays the shot, brings it in the near post. Very very impressed by that. For some reason, apparently very wasteful, and, and you know, shits himself a little in front of goal. Apparently, didn't look like it there in the high pressure situation. So yeah, he should get more uh, opportunities. Mm. We'll see about starting. Um, Probably won't be a starter anytime soon, but yeah, should be should be good fun. Mm. Should move on to the derby. Don't really want to. Yeah, I've, I've, derby week is always my it's a, I, most I hated know, week this, of the this, calendar. Yeah, this time around, like at, at least it's not the feeling of being on a hiding to nothing, which is very much how it felt last season in mm. those two games, um, because they were just utterly bereft of any hope in the middle you know in that first game at Arsenal they just got well they got overrun in both games they're mm. both 2-0 right I no no the way one was 3-1 oh it was 3-1 was it well, there's one one at half time it's actually quite close oh, yeah. remember that was the game where so Kuzetsky picked up an injury on international duty and then Spurs were actually trying to play this intricate ta- counter-attacking football and it was nearly there but Son Richardson kept messing up the final ball and it was like if Kuzetsky um, was there Spurs would have been in so many times I don't think that's right. necessarily true but you know that's the big what if of the season you know Spurs win that game but I don't think they do win that game because I think Arsenal did better yeah, obviously Everson Royal got sent off as well oh yeah that didn't help yeah was that early on was that first half second half second half second half after Lloris kind of threw the ball into Romero oh, okay. for okay. Arsenal's second goal Man. and then obviously the home game Lloris chucks in his own net again so I think this is definitely helpful that Lloris is not in goal for these games yeah but still you wonder why we're a little bit scarred by this game <laughs> Two wins ever at the Emirates. <laughs> Not One amazing. in the Prem. But, you know, with, with a team that actually looks quite settled and like willing to attack. and um, that have, has, a week, have a week off. That's had a week off and is, uh, is very snappy and aggressive at the back. Like, let, let, let's just see where it goes, you know. Mm. You've got more chance of winning like that than you do just trying to pick off and eventually get round the back of... A team like Arsenal, Arsenal will give you plenty of plenty of space. I th- yeah, I think them. this could be very high scoring. Yeah, because I still think Spurs uh, are not totally proven defensively. I think they've had some good mm-hmm. games. I think I think Burnley were a little unfortunate to concede twice, but I think Bournemouth deserved clean sheet. United a little bit lucky. Um, Brentford, I think, was just kind of that was the first game in the whole thing, so I think it was quite hard. But Sheffield United, I thought they defended quite well as well. So. It's getting there, but I think there's going to be like the next couple of weeks against Liverpool as well. They're going to be the real tests of okay, is it how yeah, how teams how haphazard can we really get? How you know how much space can a doggy and Poro leave them behind when they come in field and stuff like that? How much is Van der Ven up for defending against the very best of the Premier League? How calm down is R- Romero compared to how aggressive he can be? Yeah, yeah, there are some big questions that are going to be asked over the next two weeks. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be, hopefully, not treated as, you know, doom and gloom <laughs> mm. if uh, mm. things don't go their way over the next two weeks because, you know, it's still a very yeah. fresh team and there's there's plenty of improving to do. Mm. But um, there's there's much more reason to be optimistic anyway. Yeah, Arsenal have a very bad defensive record at home. 
Yeah, they, I think they, they a do big, like that's to a do big thing. Stuff. They do concede a lot of goals at home, and there's going to be a, a lot of space for Spurs' it's various attackers to run into. Yeah, the, I, that that midfield battle as well. I think it's going to be quite huge, um, especially Basuma, Basuma Rice. It could be very interesting. Th- nothing if, will upset me more if Kai Havertz scores. <laughs> nothing will upset me more. I cannot. I could not deal with that. I, yeah, I think it would be too much at first. It, it is too. It is. It's. It's on script, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. It's very much on script for for something stupid like that to happen. So, I don't know a Kai Havertz first goal to go in off his backside or something like that. Um, while no thanks. No up. thanks. Yeah. No. No thank you. They like, don't have. A, they don't have a lot of jobs. It's literally just no, um, him. Just him. <laughs> it's just him. <laughs> he is alone. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, Trossard will come in for Martinelli and score or something like mm. that. But you know, fingers crossed. But at least you know, we're not we're not going to get the customary Kane Pen goal. But Son Son has quite yeah. a good good record against Arsenal, if I remember correctly. He yeah. scored in the last win at the Emirates. Yes, that Carabao that Carabao yeah, Cup one. Yep. I think this is the, I I know. Yeah, don't don't start Son up front in this game either. I don't think. Especially oh really? I think there's a be- I think it'd be better for him. You think? I think because the space is there. I think it's okay. I think it's harder if he's playing against low block. I think so. I think you would have the pace to get actually get in behind Gabriel and Saliba and White. I think that would suit him a bit more. I think he could do White, but I think if he starts tussling with Saliba, he's going to lose a fair more duels than he wins. But I don't think we're going to be tussling in that way against anyone. Would be my counter. Yeah. I don't think we're playing. I don't really know how they how they get the full height of the pitch. That I I think if you stick Richie in there. At least you've got somebody who's bounding about. Would you bring him back in now? Um, I'd, I'd maybe bring him in for, for Solomon. I don't want Solomon to start this game. I don't, yeah. I really don't want to sound like a hater because I did say at the start, like I don't think he's going to be that impactful signing even though it's free. But you, take it, but you do it on a free because it's, it's a good deal. I just don't see it. I, I, really, I, think, I, th- I think he's got he's quite a good dribble in tight spaces, but he has a kind of bit of Lucas Moore about him at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be starting him in a, in a massive game like this anyway. He's he's nice when everything's a bit more uh, or you know intricate stuff is needed. Great start him, um, but I think if you if you want to, I think it's I think it's good to it'd be a good game for Richie to play even like after after the week he's had. I think he'll he probably appreciate that he he, he doesn't need to get too riled up surely mm. to make an impact, um, and he should have confidence after that sort of game winning cameo off the bench to to, uh, to to make a decent impact I'm so happy that, that he kind of well, that was the way him. well yeah because I was saying to someone at half time I was like I think the ideal situation would be Spurs go two or three up Richarlison's brought on for the last 20-25 and there's no pressure on him to really score he can kind of go about his business the thing I didn't want was him coming on feeling the pressure and the need to score but it, you know best case scenario flipped that on its head Scored under huge pressure and got the assist. So yeah, and I maybe like, that, maybe I think about it the wrong way. Maybe he should start this game. Ah, I mean, game game of opinions, yeah, mate. <laughs> game of opinions. Um, I I think he yeah I think he'd be up for trying to be the new Derby guy as well. I think he's he always seemed very very up for it in the Everton. Yeah, he he always he always loved playing against Liverpool, and he actually scored quite a few against Arsenal as well. Yeah, like I think I think he does. Uh, even at the World Cup, he does seem to rise to the occasion. Yeah, so, like, yeah, he's got that sort of that that dog in him. <laughs> That's why, yeah, this is why this is like my my big reason like, that when we when Spurs did sign Richarlison, that he was going to be a success because I was like, you look at all the players who go from the mid table teams to the big ones, and they're all players with that kind of mentality. And I thought that you know he was going to be the bastard, the shit house, and he just didn't get enough opportunities to really do it. So I think now if now that he's got a bit of confidence back and the whole team is clearly behind him and he's clearly very well loved in that dressing room as well mm. now is the chance to really kick on if he was to say he scores the winner in the derby then that's you know that's immortality really uh, as long as they don't score an equaliser 30 seconds later let's <laughs> go Lucas Moore is not less past the ball back that's so true. That's I, true. I still can't believe that uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty big call either way to be honest like, I'd, I'd like I'd like Sonny against Ben White if I'm being honest but you know that's that's um Else. Brendan Johnson's already played there this season and Mr. Sitter. Yeah. Though rate though going through against a high line though, so mm. maybe it won't happen twice. Yeah, we'll see. 
I, yeah, I'm looking forward to Madison in this first yeah. derby as well. As long as she doesn't get too sort of searchy and starts, you know, overcooking things if things don't go his way. Yeah, so I was speaking to um, a mutual friend who's a Leicester fan last week, and I asked him what did Madison's bad games look like, and he said that one of the reasons that he loved her so much, like the bad game, he doesn't go missing. The problem is he tries too hard. And that's why you would rather have that in a footballer if they're having a bad game. They'd rather be trying to. And I think that you saw that bit against Sheffield United, you know. A few passes out of frustration, a uh, uh, pass over hit, stuff like that. I think even the lead up to the winner, like, he was the one. Did he slip passing the ball, yeah, trying to pass the ball? So. Yeah. That was him? Yeah, so that is what his bad games look like. But I think they'll have, he'll have the requisite space in behind to kind of just lob balls into. Yeah. You imagine one will come off. I, yeah, I hope so, man. It's um, it's it's quite a big battle him and him and Odegaard who can get their team sort of set off, you know, quickly on those in those moments where possession is won and there's mm. quick chances. Well, because that through. that was the debate with Arsenal fans, I think, in the summer of twenty one when Odegaard's loan finished and Arsenal weren't sure if they're going to bring him back, and but they were linked with Madison. And it was like the debate amongst Arsenal fans, and they seemed pretty happy with it. I don't, and Odegaard's obviously one of the best players in the league, but Madison's stock is quickly rising. Quickly. Now he's playing with some good players again. Yeah, yeah, and looking sharp. Mm. Um, so hopefully, um, I'd love a free, I'd love a free kick to be honest. Mm. A debut free kick for Spurs would be beautiful timing. Oh, class. Yeah, because that's the sort of I suppose that's the threat we haven't seen from mm. him just yet. Yeah. Um, for one reason or another, but um, at least yeah, at least yeah, I'm bricking bricking myself over over the game as usual. I'm, I'm sure you are, but, <laughs> but at least there's some sort of uh, you know, positive thinking, mm. and you know, it's not just delusion thinking that you can go to Arsenal and win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, there's clearly a blueprint. Yeah, and there's form. There's good form behind. Yes. It. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. You don't talk about Spurs for one week. Mm. Yeah. I think so. I think. I yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you for <laughs> Great. Just yeah. two guys with a podcast. That's everyone else uh, reviewing this podcast. Mm. Great. And that's it. Yeah. Please do leave a review if you haven't already. It really helps us. And we'll see you hopefully on the other side of a North London Derby win. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.